Right, bonjour, and welcome back to the Coached by Dan podcast. We're up to episode 26, which means we are officially six months into the podcast. So, fair play, lads. Thank you so much for tuning in week in, week out. Um, it still blows my mind every week to check the numbers and see more and more people tuning in the podcast. Um, honestly, blows my mind. Um, see the amount of people who will regularly tune in every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you listen to podcast, to listen to me, usually speak an obscene amount of shit. Um, but given the fact that you enjoy the fact that I shan't chat even an obscene amount of shit, I shall continue to do so until you don't feel that way. So one more time, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, six months of podcasts means the world to me. Um, let's crack on with episode 26. Um... I was very reluctant to record this podcast, I'm not going to lie. Um, obviously, you've seen the title, Books. I don't know what you're thinking. Damn, books are not very fitness. What's going on here? And you know what? You're dead right. Books are not fitness. This is not going to be a very fitness-based podcast, but I suppose that's what I really love about the podcast in the sense of, you know, with Instagram, I have a post, I have, you know... A caption, I have a video of 60 seconds to grab your attention. Um, so I have to be quite loud, put some music in there and kind of just, you know, do it again to grab your attention um, whilst keeping the information quality. Um, but with the podcast, I suppose I don't need to be very kind of going out of my way to grab your attention. Because I suppose when you listen to a podcast, or at least when I listen to a podcast, it's a case of I'm here to listen to it be it 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, I will try to go the whole way through, or I'll do it in kind of bits and bobs, but I'll get through it. And I suppose, with that being said as well, the topics of the podcast will always vary a good bit. Like, with these, it's not going to be so much just purely fitness-based things. It's things that I feel like, that I just want to chat about, to be honest. If I feel like there's something that I've learned along the way that I feel like can benefit you along your way, I will absolutely record a podcast or make a post about it. And today... Happens to be books. So, strap in, let's flip and go. Books. Like I said, not entirely fitness, but as the cliche goes, there is an obscene amount we can learn from just reading, or in my case, listening to audiobooks. Um, like, they're absolutely incredible. And I've never been a huge reader. Um, I literally only got into them um, over lockdown. Basically, I do a lot of learning from podcasts. Um, like a lot of learning from podcasts, um, hence why I kind of started my own, because I thought, you know what, if I'm learning so much from a podcast, well, I want to, you know, let people learn through my own podcast, so that's kind of why I started it, so there we go. Um, so over lockdown, of course, I had a bit more spare time on my hands, so, you know, when I wasn't doing anything, I'd go out for a walk, put a podcast in, hour and a half, two hours, zone out, there we go. And it got to a point where the podcasts I was listening to, kind of like um, a Netflix series, I kind of ran out of podcasts. And I was like, right, I'm very particular with podcasts. I need to have a good microphone, which was like my priority starting my podcast to have a po- uh, microphone that made me sound good. Um, as well as that, kind of just having good information. And I suppose that's my kind of my driving factor here is the fact that I love listening to podcasts so much. That's why I want to give podcasts to help you learn more. But with that being said, my thought process was, Jesus, I'd love if these podcasts could be longer, like hours and hours and hours on end. And I was like, hang on a minute, Audible, that's a, that's a thing. Let's, uh, let's give this a go. So 
download Audible. Um, got my credit, so every month Audible you pay like a tenner, and you get like one credit a month to get like a free book. Not really a free book, you pay a tenner, so there we go. Um, got my first book, and just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I'm about 10 or 11 books in, about three months later, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, and I honestly feel the smartest I've ever felt in my life. Like, that's not even an understatement. I feel like I've, in these last fucking, what, three months, I've learned an obscene amount from these audiobooks, so that's kind of what I want to do now. It's kind of share a little more, um, and let you guys learn a lot more from myself talk about audiobooks so kind of take this as me going through five of my favorite audiobooks and what i've learned from them um so you don't have to listen to them of course if you want to listen to them or read them in the hardback copy by all means go for it um but that's kind of what i don't want to do now so let's crack into it so with that first um that first credit i got i downloaded what i feel like is the most cliche um i've just started reading book and that is the subtle art of not giving a fuck by uh mark manson and this book is fantastic. I feel like anyone who's going through a really rough time, like be it like a breakup or you lost your job, I feel like this is a book for them. You know, anyone who's kind of going through a bit of shit, it's kind of like, right, read this. And I suppose that's one thing I've also realized now when it comes to reading books is how annoying it is when people ask you for recommendations about books. It's like, cool, what for? Not just a case of, oh, I like this book, go for it. You know, a book has a reason. If you want to learn a certain thing, read it, learn, read a certain book, do you know? It's not a case of, oh, I'm feeling this way. I'll read a random book. I feel like there's two books I'd advise anyone to read, and I'll talk about them in a second. That's Atomic Habits by James Clear and um, Ego's the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Those are two books that if people ask me for recommendations without context, those will be the books I give them. But starting off with Subtle Art of Not Getting a Fuck by Mark Manson. And I suppose with these podcast or with these podcasts, with these books, I'm going to kind of read off quotes and kind of give my two cents in them. So the first quote, really Really simple. Don't try. Simples. Logic behind this, you know, the more we think about the thing itself, the less likely we are to achieve that thing. Think about someone trying to climb Mount Everest. Do you know, they're not sitting at the very bottom at their base camp, looking at the top, visualizing it, opening their eyes and being there. That's not the fucking case. They have the goal in mind. Um, but the more they try to kind of visualize that, the less likely they get there. To get to that top peak of the mountain, they've got to, you know, focus on each step along the way. Don't focus on the end product of what you want. Focus on the journey of getting there. If you're someone who wants to grow a million dollar business, do you know, just saying I want a million dollar business will not in fact get you a million dollar business. I wish it was that simple, but sadly it's not. It's a case of doing the things necessary to get you there. And I suppose don't try is something that I implemented big, big meant into my own business, Coach Without Online Coaching. Of course, my big goal is to be, you know, I'll be recognized as a very, you know, confident, capable coach. Um, I love, I, I remember I wrote this down, I wrote down a vision board, which basically, you know, when you have a business, that kind of way, which you can do, you don't have to, but you can do, is like write out what you want to achieve. One of mine was um, be one of the most well-respected and well-known coaches in Ireland. Um, and it's all well and good saying that that's my kind of goal as a coach to kind of be recognized in that sense um, it'd be great to have that but I know for a fact just saying that's not going to get me there what's going to get me there is the process you know posting content daily to Instagram to my, my emails my Facebook group 
going out of my way to learn and then share what I've learned with people who will benefit from it, who can, you know, progress and develop through that. You know, it's it's getting more clients to help more people. It's doing what I can as to my best of my ability to help these clients get to that goal, be it to lose body fat, to build muscle, to get a bit stronger. That's what it really is. And I suppose that's the big thing I can learn from that. Don't try. It's the first, like, 10 minutes of the audiobook goes over a man who kind of gave that kind of idea and it's absolutely brilliant so there we go don't fucking try water break second quote if it's not a fuck yes sorry i clicked my bottle at the same time i did that if it's not a fuck yes it is a no simply put if there's something you're doing in life and you aren't excited about it, you aren't over the moon to be doing it, well then why are you doing it? Do you know? Like a relationship, like a business, like anything you really want to commit to. If it's if it's something you want to commit to long term, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. If I was running my online coaching and I wasn't waking up every morning super duper excited to get things done and fucking help my clients and try to get more clients and you know do what I can to help more and more people over time, to work towards that end goal of mine, you know, if I wasn't waking up every morning fucking pumped to be doing that, I'd say no, find something else. Because the reality is, if we aren't pumped to be doing what it is we want to be doing long term, we're not going to do it. You know, if you're in a relationship that you aren't like, fuck yeah, let's let's go for it, this is the best thing ever, why are you there? Do you know? Um, of course, always going to be fucking happy days, rainbows, meadows, that kind of side of things. There'll be ups and downs, but... In the bigger picture, when we step back, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. Now, next quote. Next quote is a big one. So fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. It's a long one. You and everyone you know are going to be dead soon, and in the short amount of time between here and there, you have a limited amount of fucks to give. Very few, in fact. And if you go around giving a fuck about everything. And everyone, without conscious thought or choice, well, then you are going to get fucked. Mind blown. We can't sweat everything. We do not have total control over everything that happens. So why worry about absolutely everything? It's a great, it's a great kind of great kind of mindset to have from book. I'll be talking about later on. Um, we don't have control. We sorry, we can't control what happens to us, but we control our reactions and how we feel. Um, and same thing here, you know, I suppose a great example I have of this is a post I made a few months ago going over hit training. I think by now, if you're an avid follower of mine, the podcast and Instagram, you know, my uh, thoughts on hit, hit training on Instagram, be it fucking burpees in your back garden, whatever it is, end of a session doing, you know, skier and slam balls for fucking 10 minutes. It's not hit. It's just interval training, um, high intensity and being tired, not the same thing. So stop fucking calling it hit. Nothing wrong with that style of training but uh, stop calling it hit. Uh, what I just said there, I essentially put into a post um, and it got a lot of negative feedback, funnily enough, from people who posted a lot of hit workouts. Funnily enough, when you challenge people's beliefs, they take offense. Again, you can't control what goes on around you, but you control how you feel and how you react. They gave a fuck about something they really shouldn't give a fuck about. They are wasting their energy on something they can't change. Um... And the reality is, you know, in that I replied to some comments too to kind of 
clear myself a little bit, but did I dwell on it for days and days on end? No. I read each comment, had a bit of a chuckle, because I was like, Grant, you're a bit fucking narrow-minded in your approach to fucking training as a PT. Not a great trait to have, I suppose. And uh, gave response, and that was that. I have a very limited amount of fucks to give, and these spas, jeez, I can't say spas, fucking hell. These individuals who did not entirely see my view going out and call me this and that, not something I already cared about. So, yeah, you're not spas, just fucking open your mind a little more, Bose. There we go. Quote number four to wrap up the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Happiness is found in struggles. Don't ask what you want. Ask what kind of pain you want. What is worth struggling for? In life, not everything is going to be fucking meadows, daisies, what have you. There is going to be struggles. And I suppose through success comes struggles. Now, nothing is going to come easy. So, supposed to put it really, really, really bluntly. Don't do what makes you happy, but understand that if something's going to make you happy, there will be struggles along the way. So, don't do what's going to always make you happy. There will be struggles along the way. And if you're not willing to accept the struggles, you're not going to do it. So... First things first, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. A very big fuck yes from me. The second book I listened to straight afterwards. I remember when I was on my walk finishing The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I started listening to this next one halfway through the walk. And that is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It was recommended by Elliot. So Elliot, you're definitely not listening to this, but if you are, thank you for the recommendation. Um, Fucking hell. It's a book about David Goggins. David Goggins is... He's fucking incredible. Um, I'm actually going to look him up right now on my phone because he is the first individual... Bear with me. He's a lot of a lot of titles. He's an American ultra-marathon runner, ultra-distance cyclist, triathlete, motivation speaker, author, retired United States Navy SEAL, former United States Air Force Tactical Air Force Air Control Party member. Um, he served in Iraq. He also holds, like... He used to hold the pull-up world record. Um, he's run a ton, 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 ton of ultramarathons and marathons, that kind of side of things. And he is, without a doubt, the fucking hardest man alive. And I suppose he wasn't that... He's From reading the book, listening to the book, you kind of tell he wasn't that way just from because he was born that way. It was from, I suppose, the struggles. And I kind of talk about what we mentioned in book one. Um, so I'm not giving a fuck what's worth struggling for. I think Goggins is kind of an... Uh, an a picturized version of a humanized version of that first quote you are in danger of living a life so comfortable and soft that you will die without ever realizing your true potential fuck me can't like that's oh it it did you ever read a read, read something um you could read an entire book or listen to an entire audiobook and have one line just jump out and you'd be like fuck that's mad that did that for me like, life is too short to just go through it. Do you know? Fucking push yourself. 80 years? That's not a long time. A amount of time. Think what people have done. Look at David Goggins. Navy SEAL. Military. Ultramarathon times a million. Nor marathon times by double that. Fucking hell. Um, world record pull-ups. Wrote a book. The lad's incredible. And I suppose when you look at that, it's inspiring. In a sense of, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to leave your legacy on this earth? We have 80 short years, give or take a few, um, to, you know, do something. Do it. Make use of the time we have. And I think that quote kind of 
brought to me how important that is. Second quote. Everything in life is a mind game. Whenever we get swept under by life's lies, dramas, large and small, we are forgetting that no matter how bad pain gets, no matter how harrowing the torture, all bad things end. Your breakups, work issues, fuck. Um, early 2019, I went through a bit of a breakup. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of it because I don't really want to, to be honest. Um, not from a point where I'm not over it, but from a point of I don't particularly think anyone wants to listen to me around a lot of the past relationships and breakups. Um, but I suppose a big thing taken from it, I wasn't doing too well after it um, for a while. Um, I wasn't in a great headspace after the breakup. Do you know, your first big relationship, you break over from it, you don't feel great. But obviously, I got over it. Over the ones to come, I did get over it and I did move on. Uh, but I think reading this book, reading this quote, um, so simple, but all bad things end. Do you know? No matter how shit anything gets, you might feel at rock bottom like I did when that happened. Um, you know, you, you might, issues might have gotten work, you may have not have gotten busy. Shit could have happened in that sense. I remember it was, I think it was October 2018, kind of six months into starting my online coaching business. Um, I had a bit of a bit of a shit show. Um, obviously, starting out with, I wasn't, <laughs> to be honest, the, the greatest coach of all time. And if there's anything, anyone li- like listen to this who was a client of mine when I first started online coaching, very sorry. Um, just brand new out of it, to be honest. Um, I went from 10 clients to four clients in the space of a week. So I went from taking in 1,500 quid a, a, like around that um, a month to about, what, 400, 500 quid a month from online coaching. And that was tough. You know, I was kind of thinking, geez, I'm making over a grand now. A grand a month for my own thing. That's cool. Um, it's the first time, I've, like, I've worked a lot of jobs, but it's the first time per month I've made more than that. And that was kind of cool. Um, obviously, you've come on a lot more since then. But to go from that high to that low, it was tough. And I think things like that relationship, that breakup, and that thing would work at two points to get to me. It's kind of low points where I just kind of wanted to pack it in and give up. But, you know, anything bad that's happening, now, tomorrow, that has happened, all bad things end. No matter how harrowing the torture, no matter how bad the pain gets, the lies, the dramas, big and small, whatever it is, it ends. So that is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Please read that book. Now, book three. And this is one that, you know, I suppose I said beforehand, there are two books that I recommend everyone reads. Like, no, with no context on, I suppose, what they want to get from the book. It's always going to be Atomic Habits, what I'm talking about now, and Ego is the Enemy. So, Atomic Habits by Matthew... No, not Matthew Walker, that's why we sleep. By uh, James Clear. It's a book about establishing habits. We are a direct byproduct of what we repetitively do. Where we are right now is because of what we've done and thrown into that algorithm, what we do, has brought us to where we are now. If we want to be somewhere else, if we want to be in a position that isn't where we are now, we've got to change what we put into that algorithm. If you are someone who is a bit overweight and you want to not be overweight, well, you are overweight not because you're born that way, not because you are just like a born fatty. You are that way because of what you do. 
your exercise habits, your eating habits, everything that goes along those habits has put you where you are. You are a complete byproduct of what you repetitively do. So if you want to be somewhere else, you got to do something different, you know? You can't expect change without change. I suppose that brings me to my first quote. If you change nothing, nothing will change. Simple, but effective. If you are overweight right now, you know, you are that way because of your nutrition habits and your training habits and your exercise habits have you that way. If you want to achieve something you don't currently have, you must be willing to do things you are not currently doing. And that's where that change comes in. If you change nothing, nothing will change. So change what you do day to day, week to week, month to month, and the outcome will be different. If you want to lose weight and you've never lost weight before, well, look at what you're doing and change that. The book goes over four laws of habits. Cue, craving, response, reward. Cue, make the habit obvious. Craving, make the habit attractive. Response, make it easy. And reward, make it satisfying. Water break. Actually, that water break, I'm gonna use that as an example. Let's take a habit we want to, so think about habits. With it being easy, if a good habit is easy, we'll do it. If a bad habit is easy, we'll do it. If a good habit is hard, we won't do it. If a bad habit is hard, we won't do it. Think about, you know, someone who can't stop binge eating on fucking chocolate cake. Well, fucking hell, Mary, if there's a chocolate cake in your fridge, no shit. You know, if you make the habit of eating a chocolate, it's not willpower, it's not this, not that. If there's a chocolate cake in your fridge and you know you've craving for a chocolate fridge every fucking night and you put a chocolate cake in your fridge every single night, well, you're going to eat that chocolate cake. You're making that bad habit really easy. So don't blame yourself, blame your environment. Prime the environment for a good habit. So let's take drinking water as an example. Well, I want to get into the habit of drinking more water. This is a habit I actually developed from reading the book. Let's set out a thing. So let's take the four laws. We want to make it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. So, make it obvious. And when I say make it obvious, I mean make it really fucking obvious. Not just, I want to drink more water. Be really specific. I want to drink 2.8 to 3.2 liters of water every single day. That habit is extremely obvious. I know exactly what I'm doing. We want to make that habit, you know, attractive. You know, water in itself, quite bland and boring. Put some sugar-free, dilutable my wadi in there. Blackcurrant, orange, pear, whatever flavoring, mango you want to put into it. Make it attractive. You know, water that tastes good, you'll want to drink it more. Make it easy. Well, prime the environment. I spend most of my days in two locations. Number one, at my desk right now where I'm recording this podcast, or in work in the gym. So what I'll do is... I'll fill up a big, massive one and a half or two liter bottle of water and I'll, first thing in the morning, I'll leave it beside my desk. So when I'm doing check-ins, when I'm recording a podcast like I'm right now, I can just see the bottle of water, take a swig, put it down. Satisfying. Well, I don't know about you, but when you've drank a lot of water when you're really thirsty, it's a pretty satisfying feeling. There's nothing better and I will fight any man, any woman, no I won't, who disagrees, um... There's nothing better than going for a wee and seeing your water look, your piss look like water. Not having it yellow or orange, but seeing it literally fucking clear. There's no more satisfying feeling than that. I, challenge me on that. That's a, it's nah. You're dead wrong if you disagree. <laughs> um, so what I've done there, I've made it obvious. Th- 2.8 to 3.2 liters a day. Attractive. 
I filled a bottle of water with a little bit of my wadi too. Mango is the best, by the way. I made it easy. It's where I am, a primary location. I put a two-liter bottle of water either where I'm working at home or in the gym by the gym desk. And satisfying, well, I feel great when I finish a bottle of water. You know, I'm hydrated. And if I'm peeing, as a result, it's clear, feels great. We are a complete byproduct of what we repetitively do. So make sure what we do gets us to where we want to be. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Fucking read it, boys and girls. Book number four. Water break. Jeez, I'm fucking killing this habit, am I? There we go. Book number four. Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. This is a book about sleep, funnily enough. Um, as a coach, as a PT, I fully understand the importance of why we sleep. Um, we look from a health point of view. There's nothing we can do better for ourselves than sleep. Sleep is the best form of medicine. If we're stressed, if we need to recover, our diet's gone to shit, whatever we need to do, sleep is going to be the one thing that's going to improve that. And that's not just me saying it out of opinion. That is me speaking after a ton of, ton of, ton of evidence, data, studies, confirming that sleep is the absolute bomb. Fucking hell. Quote number one, the shorter your sleep, the shorter your life. There is such an enormous link between sleep deprivation, fuck, there's a massive link between shorter sleep, sleep deprivation, and shorter life expectancy. Those who deprive themselves of sleep are infinitely more likely to develop a cancer, type 2 diabetes, dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever it is, you are so much more likely to develop it when you are deprived of sleep. And the funny thing is, we know this, you know, through evidence, it's not hard to know, we know this, but we'll actually go out of our ways to deprive ourselves of sleep, and I'm guilty of this myself. Netflix, going on your phone before bed, these are all distractions that are depriving us of sleep, and what are literally going to kill you. It sounds really fucking over the top, but if you listen to the book, audiobook, or read the book itself, you will understand exactly what I'm saying. The shorter your sleep, the shorter your life. It's bang on. This next one kind of freaked me out. Um, vehicular accidents caused by drowsy driving exceed those caused by alcohol and drugs combined. So there's all this advertising and marketing media going around, don't drink and drive, don't do drugs and drive, and by no means do it, like fucking hell, don't be an idiot. But there are more accidents year, yearly caused by sleep-deprived-related related, sleep deprived related driving than alcohol and drugs combined. Let me do that one more time. That blew my mind. Like, it goes to show, like, how important sleep is. Like, the fact that, like, something we know, a stigma we know to be so real of the of people who die from drink driving, drug driving, and succeeded by sleep, list driving, that's mad. So, fucking hell, sleep boys. Um, it's not a fun time. I remember, fucking hell. Um, can I say this? Yeah, I can, fuck it. Um, back when I was with that individual who I talked about when I was talking about um, what was it David Goggins book Can't Hurt Me that relationship I was in I remember I was driving back from hers at about 1am because um, I worked the next day I was fucking wrecked I was uh, parked by a traffic light went red There's no cars around me closed my eyes I think I drifted off um, I woke up to a beat behind me there were three cars behind me at a green light um, beat me go forward and that scared the living shit out of me I literally fall asleep or doze off in the car um, 
and that's a big wake up call to not fucking drive sleepy. Going back to that point, I would have slept at hers. Fucking hell. Even if it worked the next day, I should have just slept there. Like, I cannot tell you from reading the book how important sleep is. And what I'm going to do right now is read off from the book um, a list of things that are going to help you sleep. So, number one, set a sleep and wake time. We're very good at saying alarm in the morning, um, but not set sleep time. But the longer we're awake, we produce a hormone called, we produce something called adenosine, and adenosine promotes sleep. As well as that, when we're in a dark environment, we produce melatonin, which makes us drowsy. So the more we set a, a time to sleep, it means that that adenosine is going to peak and the melatonin is going to peak at the same time. Um, so we're always going to fall asleep really tired and wake up wide awake. When those two aspects are consistent, it saves the need to have a lion at the weekend. Because think about it this way. Why do you need to justify having a lion over the weekend when Monday through Sunday, you fall asleep feeling, feeling wrecked and you wake up wide awake? Oh, but then I don't want to get rid of my weekend. Uh, fuck off. Fuck off. Like, that point is so invalid. It's such an point. It's, it actually annoys me how ignorant and how arrogant that is, you know? If you're depriving yourself of sleep during the week to oversleep in the weekend, by oversleeping the weekend, you are literally making that sleep during the week so much fucking worse. And, oh, but then I don't want to get my weekends. Fuck off. Urgh. If you if you could if I could tell you Monday through Sunday you at 10 p.m. you're gonna be fucking fast asleep, but 6 a.m. you're gonna be wide awake, you know not like groggy but you're gonna wake up feeling really fucking good, and at 10 p.m. every night you're gonna feel like you need to fucking hit the pillow straight away. If you could have that every single day Monday through Sunday you wouldn't want to have a lion because you don't need a lion. We don't need a lion. You're good to go. So there we go. Very passionate at that point. Hence why I got very angry. Second thing, exercise great for sleep but not too late. Um, this is case for most people. This is one of those things that, like, from Evan's point of view, it will promote this. But from a personalized point of view, speaking to clients, it's not always the case. But when we exercise, our body temperature increases. Um, and we sleep very difficultly when we're in a heat environment. Think about this. Every time you're in bed um, and you're so warm with the blankets, you stick one leg out and, you know, you're afraid the monster under your bed is going to come get your foot. So you pull it back in. All of a sudden, you're, really, you're hot again. You're restless because you're so hot. So when your body temperature is so much higher, it can affect your sleep. So sleep in a cool environment in that case um, and exercise but not too close to bed. But some people find that exercise will, you know, make them sleepy, which is totally cool. If you can bring your temperature down before you sleep, then by all means go for it. Avoid caffeine and nicotine eight hours pre-bed. So caffeine, remember before I said the longer we're awake, the more adenosine we produce, which promotes sleep. Well, caffeine... Um, essentially blocks those adenosine receptors so we can't, you know, have more of it. Um, caffeine and nicotine are both stimulants, so those who smoke late at night might feel quite jittery, that's why. Um, caffeine too, so eight hours pre-bed, cut out caffeine, cut out nicotine, have like a set off, a set cut-off point to do those things. Um, avoid large meals and beverages late at night. Large meals when we're eating, when we're digesting food, you know, that can make us quite restless. And if we drink really close to bed, well, we run the chance of waking up to pee nothing bad about waking up to pee but you are disturbing your sleep and again that's going to wreck your sleep so fucking don't do it um don't nap after 3 p.m simple one if you have a late night nap you're gonna fuck your sleep i remember i had a nap at 8 30 p.m to 9 p.m one night and i didn't fall asleep till 4 30 the next morning so there we go relax and unwind before bed set a wind down routine 
This is not watching Netflix. This is not going on your phone and watching YouTube videos or scrolling through TikTok or Instagram reels or whatever it is. It is fucking relaxing. You know, avoid screens because the blue light can hinder the amount of melatonin we produce. Go for a walk. Listen to a podcast. That coach by Dan podcast. There we go. Listen to some music, you know. Meal prep for the next day. Chat your family. Fucking do something that isn't screen related. Dark environment. General rule of thumb, if you have dimmers, dim the lights. If not, turn the ceiling lights off and turn on um, lamps, way darker. Get a salt lamp, cool, dark environment, and you have them, blue light blocking glasses. Take a hot bath pre-bed. I know what you're thinking, Dan, you just told me don't be hot going to bed. You're damn right. But when we're in a bath, what happens is our body temperature increases, and the minute we get out of that bath, it decreases rapidly and drastically as well. So it cools us down. Have a dark, cool, gadget-free bedroom. So wherever you're sleeping, make it dark, promote the production of melatonin. Cool, so keep your temperature down. Gadget-free, no screen exposure. If we see a clock with a time on it, it's gonna stress us out, make us anxious. You know the feeling, oh, if I fall asleep now, I'll get this much sleep. If I fall asleep at this time, I'll get this much sleep. You know, alleviate that stress, prime the environment, atomic habits, there we go. Um, Get rid of the clock. Set an alarm, job done. Set an alarm now. Here's the one I do. I have one of those like Google Home things. Um, hey Google. Hey Google. Hi, how can I help? That thing. Um, if I set an alarm on that, it's across my room. I either have to get up. Got it. For when? Oh fuck off, Google. I'm not actually setting an alarm. It's trying to get me set an alarm. Shut up. Um, yeah, shut up, Google. Um, so yeah, um, I set an alarm on that, and it means I have to either yell it to turn it off, or I get my phone, I set an alarm, put it across my room to turn the alarm off, I have to get up and go to it. Get sufficient sunlight exposure during the day, so the more, kind of like the opposite of what we're doing, the more sunlight exposure we get during the day, the better we'll sleep, the more darkness we get at night, the better we'll fall asleep, so get loads of sunlight exposure during the day, go for a walk, exhaust yourself during the day, but not too late. And the last one, don't lie in bed awake. If you are in bed and you, you know, despite doing all that, you still feel restless, get up and do something else. My go-to is to sit in my chair and look out the window, turn my salt lamp on so it's a really cool, orangey, vibey light in my room. Look out the window. I take a two-second inhale and an eight-second exhale. I've learned this from a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And basically, when we inhale, we're in our sympathetic state. We exhale, we're in a slightly parasympathetic state. Sympathetic, stressed, parasympathetic, not stressed. And ideally going to bed, we don't want to be stressed. Um, so when 80% of your breathing is parasympathetic, it's going to bring our heart rate right down. It's going to relax us. So for 15 minutes, I will sit up. I'll keep myself away for 15 minutes. Or to be honest, I never get to the 15-minute mark because I'm always wrecked. Look at my window with the, with the lamp on. Look at the trees and all that fun stuff. It's very calming. And just inhale for two seconds. Exhale for eight, and that always puts me to sleep if I am uh, restless. So, sleep, do it. The last book I want to talk about that I just finished, I'm almost finished, sorry. Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And this is a book that, again, like Atomic Habits, speaking of habits, water break. Taking it up here because I get very dry mouth when I speak to a podcast because I've been talking for, what, 35 minutes? Non-stop. Um, Ego is the Enemy is a book that, like Atomic Habits, I would recommend people without it. And it's a book talking about how 
ego is the single biggest destroyer. Like for whatever you want to accomplish in life, ego is the enemy. Obstacle is the way. Obstacle is the way is another book that I plan on reading by Ryan Holiday. So after ego is the enemy, there we go. Um, it's a great book. Fucking hell. Um, I think the biggest point I got from it so far was the narrative we tell ourselves. In life, we've got a narrative story and we've got the reality. The narrative is the story we like to tell ourselves. The reality is obviously what's actually happened. So we tell the narrative and the reality is if we do well for ourselves, we refuse to indulge in the reality of how we gain that success. Because the reality is who wants to remember the time you doubted yourself, do you know? And I like to think of my own business in this sense. Now, by no means am I saying I am a super duper successful online coach. I am by no means fucking successful. I'm doing well for myself. I won't lie in that sense. I'm doing quite well. Um, I have officially, if I am PD for two more months, I will officially have outlasted the quote unquote average lifespan of, P- of PT, which is to me a big achievement. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a, the reality of being a PT is it's a business where, you know, it's, it's reality, being a PT, people don't realize going into it, it's a business, do you know? It's making sales, it's retaining clients. Most important, it's doing a good fucking job. And I think the key thing to any business is doing a good fucking job, not focus on being the biggest or the baddest, but being the best. Um, and that's where ego can flip you aside. But when you gain that quote-unquote success, again, don't use that word because I don't want to, again, ego myself and saying, oh, I have a fucking big business lens, fucking look at me. Like, I'm a coach, I love what I do, and I help people who I fucking love helping, you know, Success is a byproduct. Going back to subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, don't try. I'm not trying to be the best ever. I'm just trying to do my do the fucking my job as best I can. Help clients do what they do. Give them the best help I can and guide them along the way. And you know, if I was talking about the success in my business, I could go around how saying, "Oh, sure, the fucking the biggest part of my business is making content. That takes me about two hours a week to make all my content, and that's how I get my clients." Oh, it looks lavish. I work from my laptop until 1pm and then I'm done during the day. I can make it sound really good. I can fucking go wherever I want. But that's not the reality of it. What I don't share is the panic attacks. Fucking hell. I got very prone to panic attacks when I started my business. Fun fact. Um, not that coaching is stressing me out. Not that my clients stress me out. So, guys, you're not stressing me out. But the reality of having a business when you're fucking 22 and you plan on going out on your own being self-employed before you turn 23, um, it's quite stressful. Obviously, money is a big thing. I want to move out. Rent. Dublin's quite expensive. These are all things that play in the back of my mind. And I had a really bad stress-induced panic attack about a year and a half ago. No, just over a year ago. About a year, three months ago. Um, I was dealing with stress from work-related things. And it's not worth it. Do you know? I didn't talk about the fucking... The two times I very nearly texted all my clients saying, listen, I'm packing it in. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too stressful. Do you know? And that would be my ego telling me that, you know, fucking hell, Dan, you know. I suppose another point in this book is that would be my ego telling me that, you know, we're not entitled to anything in life. We are not entitled to anything in any way, shape, or form. And that would be my ego telling me that I don't deserve what's coming on me. I don't deserve the stress coming on me. The reality is we're not entitled to anything. What we get happens, life happens, fucking get over it. Um, And I suppose with that being said giving up and doing that will be my ego taking control instead of being humble and kind of taking on the chin and moving on with it deal with the difficulties and move on so i think it's a big thing with that you know don't let ego tell a narrative story you know the reality is 
you get where you are because of the struggles as well as the highlights. So don't let your life be a highlight reel. You know, acknowledge the pain that got you there, I suppose. Again, life's about, about the struggles, not the happiness. Uh, Mark Manson, so I'm not giving a fuck. Um, find what you want to struggle for. And I love this. I love what I do so much. And struggles now, I can perceive as differently. I fucking love it. Um, we prematurely credit ourselves with powers we don't have. And we agree with this narrative. We follow a story that didn't get us that success and won't going forward. So there you go. I suppose the big thing, like, look at, look at, look at fucking YouTubers, for an example. People who, like, have made, who, people now on YouTube didn't start doing YouTube because they wanted to be big on YouTube or make a career of it. The reality is, those who are big on YouTube now, like, the, the big names, started doing YouTube because it was fun. They wanted to share funny videos. And they didn't want to, not, didn't want to look at how they could create millions of revenue, um, they didn't want to look at how they could transform the video industry for the future. They just did YouTube because it was fun to record videos. I'm doing this podcast. I don't make money from this podcast. I do this podcast because I fucking love it. It's good fun. It's therapy for me. I get to sit on my laptop and talk to my microphone, which is quite therapeutic in a way, and just share content. Do you know? What comes from it comes from it. But, you know, they, well, I hope now, big YouTubers now wouldn't look back and be like, oh, when I started doing YouTube 10 years ago, because funnily enough, the big ones now are the ones who started at the very start when YouTube wasn't a monetary idea. You know, they didn't, they're not going to come back and say now, oh, when I started YouTube, I had a vision in my head of fucking being the biggest thing ever, making millions from videos and advertising. It's like, no, they started because they liked the process of doing it. And I suppose that's where that kind of narrative comes to play. Don't tell the narrative, tell the actual story. Don't change the grand vision based on what comes from what you do. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, to whatever you aspire, ego is the enemy. Another great quote. Um, you are not as good as you think. You don't have it all figured out. Stay focused. Do better. And always be a student. The minute you think you have, you know everything, you have stopped fucking learning. We're always learning. So take pride in in the book. But he was a, he was a smart dude, business guy. And uh, he always mentioned, he always had three people in his life. He did what he did, but better. He, did, he had someone who was on the same level as him and he's beneath him who he could teach. He had someone on his level to push him to be a better version of himself and he had someone above him, so a mentor, um, to help him learn and become better. And from the mentor, he could then start to challenge himself against a person equal to him who he then teach to the person below him. And that was really cool. And punching above your weight is how you get injured, you know. I think, again, looking back at my own business, if I was to look at, you know, fucking hell, the first four months of my business when I went from 10 clients to four clients, you know, I thought that was the biggest fucking job. Um, if I went into that there, which I probably did at some point, people were like, oh, I have so many clients online, look at me, you know. And then that happened. You know, there's danger in the early pride, you know. Don't chat a lot of chat if you can't have it. And uh, the last quote I want, the last, it's not much, much a quote, but, you know, something I took from the book massively, and that is, what is the words to start? Um, so I'm not giving a fuck, but also plays into this book quite well. Um, and that is, we can't control what happens to us. We can't control what happens around us, but we can control how we react and we can control how we feel. Don't let ego make it feel like life's coming for us because shit happens. Take it and move on. You feel better. If something happens in work, if your 
girlfriend breaks up with you, if this happens, if that happens, and you feel like everything's going against you, that is your ego talking. The world does not conspire against you. Don't let your ego think otherwise. Whatever happens, happened. Change your reaction, change your feel about it, and fucking move on. Those are the five books that have, number one, taught me a lot, but also changed my perceptions on things that are currently having happening to me. And I think that was great. Life is all about how we perceive things. And if we can perceive things and change how we, re- we rewire our brain, like it takes one line to rewire how we think, to fucking change how the motor neurons fucking shoot around our brain. It's, or how neurons even, fucking the motor neurons, shoot around our brain. It's mad. And so there we go. Subtle Are Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Five books I would massively, massively recommend. Now, there are other books obviously I'd recommend as well. Um, I've read them, but I didn't pop them in here just because they're more so for me. Um, there's Homo Sapiens and Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari. Sapiens going over a brief history of mankind. Um, and Homo Deus kind of predicting what's going to come in the future. AI, immortality, scary shit. Um, not a Diet book by James Smith. Um, now, I've listened to James Smith podcast talking about books as well, and that kind of inspired this. Um he also kind of got me into books, um, so I'm glad I read that. It's a great book if you're a PT and want to figure out how to make good content. I think James is great for, you know, taking ideas and things that will help your clients and help you want to help, I suppose, and puts into really simple, understandable terms. And I think these days as a PT, stop trying to overcomplicate things and just fucking do it in a way that your clients can understand, and not a diet book does that perfectly. Um, from a business point of view, I suppose if you're a PT reading, listen to this, and you want a couple books to help you with your business, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh, Dale Carnegie, great fucking book. Um, Contagious, by, Contagious even by Jonah Berger. Um, it's a book on how to make, kind of make your ideas and kind of your business kind of viral, if that makes sense. Um, and then some books I want to get even. So how do I get that up? Um, where's my list? So now Audible, you can kind of, I actually have, I have my fucking, my Audible account open in front of me right now. Um, let's go. Where is it? Fucking hell. Do you know what? Never mind. Um, 21 Century, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Also, Yuval Noah Harari. Um, the, the Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. Another book I want to get onto. Um, fuck. Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willink. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Obstacle is the way. Um, fuck, I could, I could, I could keep going. I could keep fucking going, but I won't. Um, so there you flip and go. I hope that you have taken something from this podcast, no matter what it was. I hope that you kind of you've learned from this, and I hope it has brought you a lot of value, as it has brought me. Now, take what you will from this podcast. Um, but I know if you kind of if you do start reading, you won't regret it. Um, kind of like almost fruit myself. I've kind of found that the fruit is like the nice thing ever and it took me 22 years to realize that. Don't wait another 22 years to realize how fucking great reading is and how much you can learn from it, okay? Guys, thank you so much for tuning into episode 26 of the Coach Badam podcast. Um, thank you very much for joining me. 50 minutes of me rambling on by myself. Happy days. Um, any questions on the podcast or anything in that way, shoot me DM on Instagram at Coach by Dan. If you want to subscribe to my email list, uh, my daily emails are fucking class by the way 
Um, lots of this kind of chat as well on them. Um, just there's a link in my bio. Um, ba, 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 ba. Any online coaching inquiries as well, of course. Dan Reese, personal training at gmail.com or head over to www.coachbadan.com. There's my plugs done for the day. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into episode 26 and I will catch you next Friday.